Thank you, Cathy, for that lovely prayer. So our reading today is from Romans 14, verses 12 to 19. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And uh, I want you to think about what, uh, what was in that reading because I'm going to be referring to it in just a little while. Um, carrying on uh, from what we've been talking about recently, we've been talking about how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about what's in the temple. We've talked about how that affects us, what we carry as Christians. And today, my question would be, how would you describe Derby City Church to someone? How would you describe your church to them? What would you say are some of the key features that define our church? You know, we've got such a variety of age, background, nationality, We've got great musicians, worship team, technical people, fantastic volunteer teams. At least one of the pastors is pretty handsome. The other one's going a bit grey. Um, but how would you describe or define this community of believers? Well, I'm suggesting this morning that culture is a good word to define any community. What is the culture of Derby City Church? Well, you might say, well, it's a biblical culture. And my question straight away would be, uh, what is a biblical culture? You see, we might have a good idea about what it is that's perhaps biblical, but it might be a little bit too broad for the people outside of the fellowship to grasp. They might even misunderstand. You see, after all, there's quite a few practices in the Bible that we no longer do. Sacrificing animals, I'm glad about that. Circumcision, I'm really glad about that. Multiple wives, I'm so glad about that. You know, things like that might be classed as biblical. So being more specific, could it be New Testament culture? Could it be Holy Spirit culture? Could it be kingdom of God that we're seeking to live out? And if so, what is that kingdom culture? How is it expressed? No matter what nation, what background or age group that we are from. We need to be honest and ask ourselves the question, is our culture a reflection of the kingdom of God? If it isn't, we need to change. If there was one thing that you would want people to experience when coming to DCC, 
what would that be? You see, the world is in an anxious state at the moment. There's an uncertainty about almost everything. Health, politics, economics, employment, even peace. We have world leaders that don't exactly instill confidence. But the Bible tells us that we're not led or held by those circumstances in the world around us. We are aware of them and we are compassionate towards much of what is going on. But the circumstances in the world do not govern our hope. They do not govern our attitude. They do not govern our faith. So when people come into this place that we call church for the first time, we want them to experience something that they don't experience in their everyday life in the world. And so this morning, I want us to look at the subject of joy. We want this church to be filled with joy and happiness, and dare I say it, fun. They're all linked. I love it when people describe Pentecostal churches as happy, clappy churches. Now, some people might use that as a derogatory term, but for me, I think it's a compliment. The happier, the clappier for me, and I'm not being shallow there. You see, the church in general is seen largely across our nation as a bit irrelevant, a bit miserable, sometimes boring, quite often boring, killjoy even, very negative. They see the Bible as a bunch of do's and don'ts, and it's mostly don'ts, and none of that will be attractive to anyone out there. But happiness and joy are attractive. And happiness and joy are hallmarks of the kingdom of Jesus. And it's what Jesus came to declare. Luke 17, 20 to 21 says this, on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor are people saying here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. The old-fashioned King James Version says this, the kingdom of God is within you. Joy and peace and happiness are seated in you, in your heart. When Paul is writing to the Romans, he was seeing people criticising each other about what they thought defined them as Christians. They argued over which days to keep holy and what foods that they should and shouldn't eat. And so he writes the passage that Julia read from, Romans 14. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. You see, the world is so full of sadness and a lack of real hope. And we've been blessed with the opposite. We've been commissioned to reach out and be a blessing. You're not a blessing when you go out and you spread more doom and gloom. We are a blessing when we spread joy and peace and hope. I don't know whether you've got Twitter or whether you've got Facebook or Instagram or whatever, 
But, you know, sometimes it can be very negative what's on there and it sort of snowballs. Well, as Christians, maybe we should be alert to that and putting something out there that is joyful and not just positive, but really righteous. You see, when you come over to live in this country you be, and you begin to live here, you quickly learn that the culture is different. And even when you travel around the UK, the cultures in the various regions are, are, are very different. Every nation around the world has its own unique culture and it's no different when we talk about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God culture is very different. So if Paul says in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not about matters of eating and drinking, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then a major part of that culture is joy. And where is joy in our lives? How do we express that? Where do we, where do we find the opportunities to really insert joy into people's lives and our own experience? And we wanna see these values of righteousness and peace and joy in increasing measure amongst us and going out from us. Hebrews 12, 2 says that when Jesus died on the cross to die for us, it says that he did it for the joy that was set before him. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of God. Yes, he suffered pain for you and I. Yes, he he hung on that cross and our sin was put upon him. But he knew he was doing it to set us free. That was the joy that was set before him. That was the joy knowing that millions and millions of people would believe in him, have their sins forgiven and would join him in eternity. Seeing the finished work of the cross in the lives of you and I brings Jesus immeasurable joy. And being his children and ambassadors here on earth also brings him joy. We carry the presence of God wherever we go, whether it's on our streets, in our families, in our place of work or, or study, we are purveyors of joy. We are to purvey joy, joy of this kingdom wherever we go. And joy is a major hallmark of the kingdom of God. In Galatians, Paul describes joy as a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is something that grows in us. And if we tend it and water it and feed it, joy will grow. I want you to consider the word church for a minute. It's the Greek word ecclesia. It's a political word that Jesus borrowed. You see, back in that day, the citizens of Greece and predominantly of Athens, met together. They gathered to discuss how their city could be improved and bettered. And this gathering was called the Ecclesia. So it's a word to describe a public gathering of citizens meeting together to see how their city could be blessed and bettered. The Romans, they stole the term and even developed it they would send in groups of citizens, ecclesia, into newly conquered lands 
And it was the job of these groups, the Ecclesia, to bring an influence, to bring in the language of Rome, to bring in the culture of Rome into that new territory. That was the Roman Ecclesia. So do you see the parallel that Jesus was using? Jesus leaves his kingdom of heaven to come to earth. He conquers, he defeats the kingdom of darkness and the evil one. He declares it is finished. Death has been defeated. Satan's kingdom has been brought down. And now he calls his ecclesia to bring in the culture of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven into every corner as we go into the world as his church. Jesus chose this picture to describe you and I, his people, the church of Jesus Christ. What a great picture. We're not to be hiding, shrinking around. We can stand tall because God calls us to take his presence wherever we go. That's why we're taught to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's not a whisper, it's a declaration. It's a declaration of his ecclesia, the church. And that may beg the question, how do you get that joy? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. It could be that just lately, joy has been a struggle for you. We've all had a lot of change to get used to. For many, change is difficult. Some people don't do change well, and we're all experiencing it, and maybe joy maybe has been a bit lacking. So how do you get that joy? One great way is you just take a bit of time. You reflect. You reflect on God's goodness. You, you try and take rush out of your life. It was great to hear Dan's conversation with Tavonga and so good to hear how Tavonga really spent time with God and how that time spent was good time and it refreshed his spirit. He contemplated, he reflected. I would dare to say he meditated on God. To do this, we're instructed many times in the Psalms when we see the word selah. It means to pause, to be silent, to reflect. Paul says in Ephesians 1 verse 8, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. It's good to even reread that scripture over and over again and reflect upon what that means and just enjoy the joy that comes into your life. He encourages us to contemplate and to consider all that Jesus has done. In 1 Peter 1 verse 8, Peter says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I don't know how you do this best. You may simply like to sit in your favourite chair and rest in God. You may like to go for a walk or a, a drive and just drink in the wonder of all that God has created for us today. A few years ago, Steve Kempton, who you would know well, him and I borrowed a little camper van and uh, we set off for Scotland. 
and we got to the island of Iona, known as Holy Island, the place where Christianity was first brought to these islands of, the, of Great Britain. And we walked the full length of the island and we got to the little tiny stony beach where St. Columba landed in his little coracle. And amazing, we just reflected on what that must have been like. And then we began to thank God that the gospel was ever brought to our shores. And just doing things like that, refresh your soul. Another way to get joy is to walk in obedience. John 15 says this, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. See, the culture of the kingdom is the joy of Jesus. It's a fruit. We grow in this joy. Another way to get joy is to discover your purpose. Some find a very specific calling to a particular ministry and that's brilliant, but there's a more general purpose that we can all discover. In Luke 9, we read how Jesus sends out the 12 apostles and he gives them instruction to take the message and the influence of the kingdom wherever they go, manifest the kingdom, personify the kingdom of God. Be, be my presence, he said to the apostles. They were famous people, the big 12 we might want to call them. But in the very next chapter, in Luke 10, Jesus sends out 72 other disciples. We don't even know their names, ordinary people, people like you and I. And he gives them exactly the same instructions. Announce the kingdom of God. Take the culture of the kingdom wherever you go. Both passages are about purpose and calling and they're meant for us. When they returned, they were full of joy because they saw the reality of God in and through their lives. Verse 17 of Luke 10 reports, the 72 returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to your name. Jesus encouraged them and, uh, and he said, I have equipped you with the authority of the kingdom. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. But he also gently corrected them as well and said, however, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And this in turn brought joy to Jesus. It says in verse 21, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So when we do the will of God and display the culture of the kingdom, there's a sort of unending circle. We're joyful and Jesus is joyful. We receive joy because we're seeing the kingdom in, in action and being used in his service. And Jesus is joyful because he's seeing his children experiencing and spreading the culture of the kingdom. 
being his ecclesia. You know, some people are worried that they might miss God's calling for their lives. Well, I truly believe that if your heart is to follow Jesus sincerely and you're walking according to his commands, you won't miss his calling for your life. It's impossible to miss it. Of course, if you're continuing in sin and harboring ungodly attitudes and grudges, then it's likely that you will not walk in God's purposes. But the obedient disciple finds God. In 1 Peter 1, 13 says this, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. And even now, when we do those things that reflect the kingdom of God, it brings joy to the heart of the Father. When we, his children, spread this culture around. This is not a conditional thing. It doesn't make God love us anymore. Just like when our kids, if our children mess up, we don't stop loving them. But when we see them doing something obedient, it brings joy to any parent. That's exactly the same with God. When he sees us being obedient, it brings joy. When we talk about joy, well, it's not just a, it's not a shallow happiness. It's not like something that you get when you buy a new pair of trainers or something like that. It's something that's deep down. Paul saw the church in Macedonia. He saw that they were experiencing great persecution and poverty, but they gave generously due to their overflowing joy. In 2 Corinthians 8, it says this, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Their joy was not dependent on their circumstances. Therefore, our joy is a rich, supernatural joy. It's from a supernatural life. It's not governed by the natural. It's a life of passion, enjoying life, having fun, sharing joy with each other and sharing with people who don't yet know Jesus. So, let me ask you, who do you want, who you know in your life, to experience this joy? Think about someone who doesn't yet know Jesus, who couldn't call themselves a Christian at this moment. Do you really want them to experience the joy that you experience as a Christian? Well, a couple of weeks after Easter, we're going to have some uh, Sunday specials. We've invited brilliant evangelist Mark Greenwood and then the following week, Mark Ritchie. And they're going to be giving a really clear gospel presentation on how someone can find faith in Jesus Christ. And you might have somebody on your mind right now who you know you can invite to watch that video you're not even inviting them to a strange building like the church you can invite them to watch youtube and to receive the message right into their their own home if you haven't got anybody on your mind right now just pray ask the father say to him who can i invite 
and the Holy Spirit, I really believe, will highlight someone to you who you can start praying for right now and begin to look for an opportunity to, to, to invite them. But please don't miss that opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity. And then straight after that special guest season, we're gonna begin in Alpha. And uh, Alpha's a great 10-week course that will enable people to ask questions about faith and God and Jesus and discover for themselves the un unmistakable joy that only comes from knowing Jesus. This has been a, quite a long sermon and thank you for your patience, but I really want to get across, you know, we've got joy. We've got a joy that is worth sharing and there's people in your life who definitely need this joy. So pray, ask God, think about and invite. In Jesus' name, God bless you.